G'day and welcome to Midfronters. I'm XQ. Today we're joined again by Badgers and SA. How are you boys doing? Good Christmas. New Year's Eve has passed. My drunk shenanigans are over. My drunk game playing has passed. Uh, <laughs> missing very many headshots uh, with my drunk shenanigans, but uh, I had a good one. I hope you did. You guys have a good one as well. You just got back uh, today, didn't you, from your family, Badgers, as well? Yes. So. Visiting family and yep. recovering from far, far too much alcohol. You safely made it in and out, extracted, <laughs> got out, uh, which is good. SA, you're still hanging out with your fam as well, yeah? I had a great holiday. Yeah, that's good to hear. So, Which what are we doing today? So, so, what we're doing today is um, we thought we would have a look at, at some of the missing combat ships specifically, hence why I've got SA and Badges, because they're the combat guys. And we may do another episode if this one is um, quite successful, and um, on the industry stuff as well. So, looking at the roles in the game of both ones that we know, like what roles they're going to be. So, for example, if you take, say, something like mining, you would know that there is a small miner, a medium miner, uh, a capital miner, but there's clearly a large one missing, right? But then taking that into the roles that are just combat, right? Um, but also ones that we think that could be completely new that they just haven't done yet. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. And we've picked a couple each, but depending on time, we may drop some off. So this is... Because this is going to be us talking about them on the fly and trying to work them out. So it's a little bit, this is a bit of fun speculation episode. So um, I think we'll kick it off with you, Badgers. Give us your top, your, your top one. What's your top pick? So I think the, the, the safe bet is the battleship. And by extension, it's kind of the battle cruiser and the cruiser. We know these are coming, hopefully. They're promised in the stretch goals. So, uh, but the battleship is kind of king. We know CIG like to mirror the whole World War II in space. Um, the battleship is something that just kills other battleships. It's not interested in launching lots of fighters. It's not interested in so, dealing with exploration and and stuff. So, sorry, go on. So, so it's like a ship that kills other capital ships, essentially. Exactly. If, if you were to gamify it into into star citizen terms yeah okay exactly that you know they they are super rare they're incredibly resource intensive to be built um but these would be things that potentially the ue navy would be using against vandal kingships vandal drillers things like that you know something to kill that rapidly um that we don't necessarily have elsewhere so you're talking a lot of very very big guns that are going to be exceptionally slow slow moving so we're talking a, a ship between, say, the the Bengal and the Pegasus slash um, Retribution. So it's it's another really large class. Is that what we're looking at? Yeah, I mean, potentially it would be kind of comparable in size to the Bengal. Um, but you know, again, you if you use the World War Two analogy, it might have a hangar, and I'm talking about the one on the Polaris that it could use as a recon scout because again. All it wants that particular fighter to do is find big ships for it. Um, okay. So maybe something like a, I don't know, a, a Hornet tracker, something like that, to go and find stuff so it can go and do its job of killing big things. Um, and you're talking something that's going to have paramount crew, very, very resilient to damage. But again, on its own, the big weakness of battleships was fighters. So stuff like the retaliator and that that would be their main role would be to go and find uh, a battleship and kill it essay your thoughts on his idea yeah i have a lot of questions I mean, i'm not a navy guy so to me mm. that, that uh 
that that concept it was um it seems excessive in a strange way because it's so much firepower in one ship. I guess I've, the question I would have is, where does this fit into a traditional fleet? Would this be a ship that travels with the fleet, or is this going out there hunting? What would be the role of the ship? So the idea of this would be that it would be as part of the fleet that directly engages its opponents. Um, so you would have ships in and around it. You Like you used to have cruisers provided AA protection for battleships. Um, you would have that role from hammerheads and things would sit around it and provide it some protection. Um, but the whole idea of this is that it focuses, let's use the Vandal idea, um, it focuses on a kingship and just forces that kingship to focus all of its attention on your battleship and away from things like, um, you know, a Nautilus or anything else that's in the front line that you want to protect. Um, because it's so big, so powerful, but against smaller targets, it's not effective because you've got really big turrets that will turn slowly. Think the Perseus times 10, right? Really not good against slow-moving stuff because it's a waste. If it's firing its ordnance at, at small stuff, it's so much overkill, it's just it's quite laughable. Do you see what I mean? So, um, you know, and potentially you wouldn't have torpedoes on something like this thing because, again, it just wouldn't be maneuverable enough yeah. to bring its bow to bear and then veer away, uh, you know, without opening itself up to torpedo attack. Um, so what I'm visualizing, sorry, what what mm -hmm. I'm visualizing is where you've got the what the Kraken is to the Idris. Mm -hmm. This this would be so the Bengal would be that to this. So where, where the, there's the Bengal carrier, this is more like the 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 Idris Bengal, or what do you want to call it, right? That that's what I'm visualizing. Yeah. So it still has some ships itself, but it's more mm -hmm. armored and more upgunned. Yes. Am I, am I on the right track there? Yeah. And, and the, the idea is, it's. I suppose even if you wanted to go back to kind of like galleon style, it's the ridiculously guns, seventy-four guns. Mm. And its whole idea is it just steams into the middle of the enemy and just puts out as much fire as it can, mm. um, you know, and just starts at the top. What's the biggest, most armored thing they've got? Right, I'm going to focus on that until it's dead, and then I'm going to go down to the next thing and the next thing. And the idea is, you know, if you turn up with one of these things mm. and all you're rocking is javelins, those javelins are sat there looking at it going, mm, I don't know if I want to play this game. Mm. I'm actually struggling to remember, and I was going to Google it really quickly. Um, I'm struggling okay. to remember if the uh, battleships are player controlled or not. It's been that long since I've looked at this particular one on stretch goals, and I think um, that that would be the deciding factor because if it's not player run, it was basically limits it to Squadron Forty Two. So it would be whatever gameplay terms that they want you to do in that. So they they could literally have you sitting in a turret. Um, you know, they could replicate the scene from episode three of Star Wars if they wanted to yeah, in sure. the scene. Um, so that would dictate yes. more. But if it's an actual gameplay thing and they actually end up doing mm -hmm. having a Bengal that's the 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 the, the carrier and this that is the, the you know, the, the guns to bear type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I now just had another yeah. thought that if that's the Idris to the Kraken and then this is to the Bengal, then what's that to the Javelin? <laughs> just yeah just put that out there because the javelin's obviously the combat one so yeah anyway i digress all right yeah, uh sure. so what what would be your next one or your first i'll one? use it as a segue i think uh 
the equivalent of a javelin would be a medium carrier. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that we're wait, that's bigger than a kraken, though. Yes, so technically you're wrong because the the kraken's the heavy carrier. Yeah, isn't the javelin bigger than the kraken? Yes, it uh, is. Sure. Yeah. So the idea right now we have um, we know what the the large carrier is going to be. It's going to be the bangle. Um, we know um, the heavy. Ca- we have the crack. The, he- the heavy Sorry, carrier. The heavy carrier is the kraken. The liberator is the light. So there's a missing one between the kraken and the liberator. Okay. Um, it, it, right now, currently, we we know that the kraken will not be used by the UEE. So there is a missing gap of some type of assault or forward operating carrier that's going to bring um, ships, um, troops, uh, potentially supplies and vehicles uh, to a either combat zone or to do the equivalent of an amphibious assault in space. Yep. So um, what that'll be and what we'll see as far as the features that'll have, I think, still remain to be kind of fleshed out or, or seen. Um but that said, with that type of gap in gameplay, there's going to be something there. And it very well could be something we haven't even considered. It may not be a traditional carrier. It might be two different ships that fill that role combined, or it might be a mobile type of platform or station. Um, mm. But in gameplay, we are missing the ability to to muster a fleet like that or an assault fleet or, or a group um, to be able to project forward that type of kinetic ability. Mm. So we had a little discussion about all these ships before the show, and I definitely struggled getting these guys to explain this to me. Um, And what I ended up in my head on, and I did kind of put this at the end when we were talking about it, is is it would be really cool, and they were kind of explaining to me how this ship would kind of work, and it's kind of a ship that would allow you to resupply troops, vehicles, and a whole bunch of other things directly from it. So you had to be able to bring things to it in space, so transfer vehicles while you're in space, which is very different. Uh, We don't have anything like that at the moment because at the moment you've got to pick everything up in a Hercules off a planet and go to another planet, right? So I definitely got the gap after they went through it and explained it to me. And I, what I've kind of set on in my head is a ship that is akin to a, 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 a ship that can transport the vehicles and the troops and stuff but the 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 landing pad where the hercules would land or two medium ships would land it morphs so basically it unfolds a very large deck that something can land on it or it unfolds two medium decks and i think that would be really sick as a medium carrier i can definitely see that it took a while for me to get there though literally an hour but i did get there um in the end but yeah um badges your your thoughts on what you think uh, of sa's uh medium carrier yeah, I mean, you got the key thing there. What what we're lacking at the moment is some sort of ground assault at range. So at the moment, if you want to take, uh, I think the example we used earlier is, if you want to take 12 tanks, you need six Hercules. Mm. What one of these would do is give you a very safe way of transferring those tonks from your assault carrier into the Hercules rather than any of this kind of random trying to balance ramps and hoping the tank doesn't just float off into the ether. Um give you a safe method of of transferring them as well as all the supporting vehicles uh an armory big enough to deal with a company potentially Mm. more of marines and beds for them all so if you're Mm. going six seven systems away to perform a jump or sorry to perform an assault 
if you're doing that with just Hercules and the tanks inside those things and the infantry there, A, everyone's going to have to remain logged in for the entire time, um, and B, you know, once those Hercules are empty, they're going to go six jumps back to pick up more to go six jumps back, by which time whatever's on the ground, if it's going poorly, mm. you're just not supporting them well enough. So, yeah, it's... It's interesting because it's very niche, and I don't think I don't know mm. if CIG are intending for us to focus on ground combat to that extent. But I certainly think there's, you know, if you consider some of the corporations that will likely come over from Eve in this game, where you've got lots and lots of people, um, it, potentially for an organisation like that, it's viable. For people with their sixty, eighty person orgs. This isn't a, this is yeah. your ship. Yeah, it's like a transfer ship at the end of the day, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what it comes down to. It's some it, it's it's yeah. a it allows you like I can see potentially other ships that are similar, but I think the real yes. core crux is it is the transferring of vehicles because I I think you can do the the the, the troop ones in other means, and we did talk about Absolutely. that in in the hour that we talked before the show, but I think the vehicle one is the key one. The ability yes. to somehow transport vehicles between stuff is is going to be really important, and I don't see a ship and there. It, I think that's a really big gap. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I know people are going to say, "Well, why wouldn't you just use a carrier for that, or why wouldn't you just use an Idris for that and do the same thing, um, and just risk the tank floating up into the mm-hmm. ether?" I get that, but what you're actually doing is you're sacrificing space in that carrier um and before you can put people onto the surface of the planet you've got to win the orbital war you can because otherwise see your nice big fat heavy transports are just going to get picked off at leisure um, you also see that as a, a logistical um resupply ship too you could convert it into because imagine it's a ship that can make any two landing platforms so you can create two larges a tiny and a large, you know what I mean? And so it just allows yeah. you to transfer anything between two ships. Yeah. Anything, anywhere. Absolutely. You can set it up anywhere as a space station. I, I could totally see that as a thing. And um, that doesn't need to be an internal transfer of those vehicles or, or exactly. those troops. It could very well be. If you're going to assault a planet or you're going to assault a station, you might already be wearing an EVA suit mm. as part of your tactical suit. So you might see a, an elevator bring up Talks to a to a deck and then rolling onto a Hercules or a Liberator, um, and, and logistically it's the simplest design. You don't have mm-hmm. to worry about a particular ship being able to fit in a hangar or to dock. They could just simply land on a large flat platform and load and go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Just for the sake of accuracy, I know we've been talking about the Kraken as the heavy carrier. We are fully aware that on the Matrix of Lies, known to everyone else as the Ship Matrix. It's called a light carrier, but at the moment, this is the way things are shaping up. So mm. um, that's the way we see things panning out. There are different types of carriers they're talking, like the escort carrier, as mentioned in the Stretch Girls. But just thought I need to put in there before someone comes into the comments and says, actually, the Kraken's listed as a light carrier. Yeah, we saw that. Um, interesting to see if that stays the same. Well, I guess the Bengals, the heavy carrier, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. All right, so mine. Um, believe it or not, we talked about this way back in um, an episode called The Missing Corvettes. We haven't talked about this for a long time ago. But the one that I really liked from back then was called the the uh, a Corvette. So we're talking Polaris-sized here. Um, that's an e-warfare ship. And at the time, I had it pictured as like a giant flying stingray. 
um uh with hacking drones and stuff like that so you could do silent running and you could send in the drones and and hack people or even attach to them and like literally start ripping stuff off their ship and stuff like that so kind of a um think of it like a like an espionage style corvette that that's that's what i'm kind of going for there um and I just thought that'd be really cool. I don't know what manufacturer you would chuck it under. I think it would have some stealthy gameplay, so maybe Aegis, because it'd have a really small cross-section. Um, but not, not, not stealth, just, you know, harder to detect because of its its uh, cross-section and stuff like that. So what would you guys think of like that? I know, I know you're military guys, so yeah, tear it to pieces. Go, go for it. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, if if one of those comes into existence and someone doesn't cause their call theirs mum's basement, I'm going to be very very upset. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. Um, we've got some e warfare ships. Um, we've got the data runners, which may or may not get involved in e warfare. I think it's kind of been hinted. We've got the Sensel, which is an out and out. This is an e warfare ship. Um, but it would be interesting to have something that potentially had both military and civilian application. Um, um, that would be a really interesting... I think, can I just add to what you've said there? I think mm -hmm. it would definitely be a merging of the the data running slash e-warfare. I would agree with that yeah. concept. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Please go on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because there's a couple of ways that shit would work. Um, the ways you interfere with radar are jamming, which is just putting out so much noise that they can't see anything. Uh, and the spoofing, which is putting out false echoes. I forgot about um, that, yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So sorry, you, 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 we talked about this before the show. So yeah, yeah. Um, we, they've even said they're going to have ships that will allow you to make it look like they're an entire fleet. Or mm -hmm. um, this, not this ship specifically, but a smaller ship that can actually make itself look like something else. So that could be another yeah. ship as well that I don't have on my list, but that could be one. So a, a smaller e warfare ship that makes makes itself look like a, a a Bengal carrier, but it's the size of a terrapin, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry, but yeah, a ship that basically uses. Um, you know, if it was in a fantasy game, it would be the hallucinations. You know, the ones where you see, oh, there's a whole army of people. Yeah. But no, it's really a whole fleet of... Yeah, whole it would be the, the illusionist sort of, mm. yeah. Maybe you can see it. Maybe you can't. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. SA, your thoughts? I mean, it's an interesting idea. I, I It all depends on where they go with e-warfare and the amount of e-warfare. Um I view e-warfare generally as in two categories, passive or active. And passive being more of your yep. intercept, your ability to be able to do signal collection, your ability to monitor and and really kind of be under the radar, you know, for lack so, of a better term. So, so would that be data running versus, say, what the Sentinel does? So data, data running is the passive and the Sentinel, which is actually shooting like in the electronic and the hacking part is the more active so I see data running as a subset of, of passive. There are other parts in passive. So intercept is its own gameplay loop. Um, uh, the current data runners we have have the ability to potentially do intercept. I believe the Herald was specifically mentioned as having that capability. But there is a whole other piece to that. You have to be in the right place. You have to be looking at the right spectrums. You have to be able to, you know, th there's a lot to that gameplay and being able to executed well and a ship this large could have the ability to have a much broader um 
set of ears listening out there to be able to do that type of collection. So it could be something that's looking for large uh, wave um, hanging out there looking for fleet. It could also be something looking I know for what it is. data. You know those, the sentinels in the Matrix? It's a giant flying version of those. And the little <laughs> fins come around and it puts out the... The, the little the real radio just listens you know sorry i mean if, if you've seen some of the intercept intercept ships that are out there currently like the air force uses and a, a navy i'm not so familiar with but they basically are a gigantic receiver at that point and some of them mm -hmm. have multiple receivers for different for different spectrum um the second part of that is that active part. So that e-warpair piece, like you're talking about spoofing, we're talking about jamming, um, we're talking about, when you're talking about the idea of making a ship seem bigger than it is, um, I see that gameplay as having a ton of potential of being able to really take the artistry of the player to mimic the signal. Because what they're they're not getting a visual. They're looking at it and they're saying, oh, that, that kind of has the uh, capital capacitor sound to it, the way it's dinging in, mm. you know, in that sound, you know, the, the audio version of what they're listening to, or, oh, that looks really, really hot. So that mm. looks like a capital size, you know, power plant or two. Oh. The the counter to that would actually be like a module you could put in an engine to make a ship look different to what it is in two ways. Mm -hmm. So you could t make a ship that's small, make it look like it's a big, so, so say you made it, it's a terrapin and it looks like it's acting like a caterpillar, or you could actually deliberately make it have it. So it's got um, a bung engine so you can track it because you know, you're looking for that error. Yes. And, mm -hmm. My hope is that eventually each individual component will have its own kind of like signature. Um, it'll be within a certain range and spectrum so you can identify it, but there might be like a hiccup to an X1 or something like that. Every 30 seconds, it, may, it goes, you know, like this on the spectrum. And in my mind, that would give that e-warfare piece the really the ability for those really artful players that really want to master it, the ability to look at something and saying, oh, yeah, that's an incoming fleet consisting of the following ships minimum. Or, you know, they're this far away because of the bounce I'm getting off of this. I can identify the, you know, the declination, the, the direction that they're coming from, where they're going, are they coming or going, and then what's in that fleet. So I see a huge amount. If that ship, you know, as you're describing, it does exist because it is bigger, it has more energy, it has uh, more capacity, potentially a whole row of guys sitting at desks, you know, or, or stations working that. Mm. It could be a really interesting kind of game changer to fleet play and to sector play. Mm -hmm. Because I, I think you'd have spin-offs to it as well, because you could have a command and control part of it as well. Um, so you, yeah. you, you'd almost, like, if you run it loud, you could, you know, like, or do you run it stealthy? And you, you, yes, you, you, cut, all, you cut all your, your power requirements way down and it just sits there, you know, almost like the alligator with its eyes just above the water. Or do you go really loud and it's a command and control and you're full-on attacking and all that type of stuff? Where you're, Which you're is ha very similar. everything. Every, like you're in a fleet so you can use it in two situations where it's the lone ship and then the when it's around you and it's with everyone else and it's just trying to assist everyone else so it's kind of like almost like a combat support or an espionage i can see it in both roles personally and it is a huge target so it, it really does kind of create an entire yep. gameplay loop in itself if it exists yep um what's interesting about your concept x is that you're entirely right in the military application the way these work in the real world is they're not military or at least they don't oh, really? appear to be. So um, in the military, we know these as AGIs. Um, uh, the Russians have a couple. You can look this up. None of this is classified. I'm mm. not giving any big secrets away. But effectively, they look like fishing vessels. 
but have a ridiculous number of aerials mm. on top. Their satellite domes, the communications domes, are much larger than they are or mm. that they need to be. Uh, and they will quite happily go and follow fleets around because they appear to be fishing vessels. So, so, so it would be interesting to see whether or not a manufacturer can kind of hide them or whether it needs that. to be an aftermarket modification you add to something. You've given me a really cool idea. Hologram projectors on the external of the hull. And it could literally make... Oh, my camera's frozen. But you, it, you can literally make it so that it... Um, yeah. Fuck you, SA. Uh, <laughs> you can literally make it so that it changes the way it looks visually yeah. as well. But I was going to say, like, wouldn't it be really cool if you look at the ship and it's showing up on your HUD as, you know, at all the, you know, all the people looking at the MFDs are saying, oh, it's a, it's an Aurora. But it's this giant, huge stuff of Stingray or whatever. But I think you could do both. You could, you could literally... Um, have so maybe it doesn't have shields and stuff like that so it's stealth is it visually makes itself look like something else so you could visually and if it's a fairly large ship you could make it look like a polaris but it's not a polaris there could be something yeah. really interesting there that, 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 that's that's a different type of stealth gameplay that we don't have right now that could be really really interesting anyway um your second one mr badgers so, um, for my second, um, I went for a fleet support ship. So this would effectively be a capital starfarer. Um, and the reason for this is when a fleet goes anywhere, it will take with it a tanker that resupplies its capital ships. Mm -hmm. So yes, the starfarer can have some stores on it and it's got the ability to resupply, but we're talking something that will extend the range of a javelin a number of times over. Um, so effectively, it would be a cockpit, some crew quarters, maybe the ability to defend itself, a docking collar, uh, and a huge amount of hard stores, um, you know, SCU space, um, and a huge amount of um, fuel. So, uh, so and either the... Sorry, I'm... So I was going to say, to put this in gameplay terms that people understand, mm -hmm. so this is the capital slot above the Starfarer. So if the Starfarer is yes. the large, and then we've got, you know... Yeah. A few other ships that we know that are coming but are not quite out yet. Mm -hmm. But uh, so this would be the one above that, and I can see, I can, yes. I can see that. Sorry, but yeah, sorry to interrupt. Continue. I'm just doing yeah. that so no, people no, can no understand worries. what we're saying. Yeah, so it's going to be the thing that's able to rapidly resupply and refuel an Idris, a Javelin, those big ships that we're going to get later on. Something that will resupply a Kraken rapidly. Um, so you know that would you could take your, you know, hammerhead up to it and resupply, but it's massively overkill. For the amount that it's able to put, uh, the amount of fuel it would be able to put down a pipeline over a couple of seconds, you've already practically refueled a hammerhead. Um, so it's something for the really big ship. And then it carries absolutely everything, all the food, the ammunition, the spares that military ships don't normally carry. They will carry a small amount. Um, of the easier to carry stuff. But if you're talking, you know, if, if a radar um, unit itself is damaged, they don't carry an extra one on board. They then basically mm -hmm. transfer it. And the beautiful thing about those big ships is it's all done underway. Okay. So effectively, you know, clearly not in game terms, but in the real world, two ships will come alongside each other. They pass lines between a fuel hose, hose will be run, and they actually run pulleys with just pallets of supplies. 
Um, and that means then your fleet doesn't become stationary. It doesn't become uh, a sitting target. And actually, if you if they were suddenly to spot contacts closing fast, it is very rapid for them because the the fuel line doesn't actually fuel unless it's connected. So if they were to just hit the release and it pulls away, you'll get a little bit of fuel out of the end, but it will instantly stop because it needs the pressure to release the fuel. So the minute that's released... So, so I'm um, I'm running the back, back through my head trying to gamify mm -hmm. what you're saying because I'm visualising everything you're saying. I can see a Starfarer... So I'm, I'm, I, I, the first one I looked at was a Kraken, right? I can see mm -hmm. a Starfarer driving out in front of a Kraken and refueling it, and you could just drop a Caterpillar on the deck and resupply it, right? Mm -hmm. So that one doesn't work. But then I ran it back to say something like um, an Idris... You can't get a caterpillar. Well, actually, you could you could technically dock the caterpillar with the Idris and do it that way. Yes. Could you not? So, is there any need? Whether for or this? not, that's so my question. Po possibly, uh, if the docking works underway, mm -hmm. then yes, um, you could do that suddenly with the stores. But the idea of this is that it's all palletized; it's all ready to go. So, in effect, what you would be doing is the two ships would be moving. You'd have the doors open, and you just have the pallets of stores literally coming across. So just one big tractor beams shooting massive cargoes across. It, it, effectively, that, and then the, the, it's some sort of similar um, arrangement for fueling. Now, whether that becomes something that actually detaches and then clamps onto that vessel to provide fuel, for and then actually is, affects as like a. If a starfare is designed to do. An entire fleet, though, surely it can refuel one ship, though. Re one really big one. Yeah, so the idea of these large ships is um, they're designed to, A, move fleets large distances, but then, B, keep them fueled when their fuel consumption goes through the roof, roof even though they're not going that far. So a really good example, the Falklands. We had to go from the UK all the way down to the Falklands, at a steady steaming speed. So that's all the range without refueling. And then accepting that when they're down there to launch the Harriers, the carriers had to come up in speed um, to provide enough wind across the deck. They were maneuvering um, if they were under threat, as were all of the other vessels. And the fleet tanker itself wasn't necessarily refueling for a long, long time. So it would it would come down with maybe thirty forty thousand tons of fuel on it, mm. um, and to give you an idea, that would keep a carrier going for. I don't know if I can give the number away, but a long time. Yeah, you're talking real world versus um, game here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Mr. Yeah. Freeze to break the tie. So, <laughs> um, You've, you, your mustache is frozen. Oh, again, he's doing but, the wax oh, on, yeah. wax on thing again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is a foreign concept to me. So uh, coming from the uh, the ground side of the equation, mm -hmm. um, the first thing that we try to avoid doing is transporting ammunition and fuel together. Um, foodstuffs, you kind of just throw in, in any nook and cranny, sup general supplies. But um, the idea of bringing both together seems a little alarming to me, but I can see having dealt with supply depots and having dealt with log packs and the ability to be able to get resupplied, um, yeah, I could definitely see the value of having that ship in a fleet and, and where it would come in handy. I, I would see the, you know, I, I don't know where the, the limit is of that ship that it would resupply. I don't know if it's the Idris or it's the Javelin, but I can clearly see a point where the Starfarer can no longer refuel a ship. I would say it'd probably be the 
Idris Javelin era area, but I could also mm -hmm. imagine it like we were talking about Battleship or Bengal. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, that would take what a dozen of them, maybe. I mean, it would just be so many. Hmm. I, I'm not sure because, as I said, that Starfarer is meant to be a fleet refueling ship. So if it's a whole a, fleet, surely it can do one. A ship that is in a fleet designated to refuel is different than a ship designated to refuel the entire fleet. Hmm. Okay. So a refueler in a fleet to me is different than a a the only fuel source in a fleet. And I mean, my the only thing that I'd want a ship like that to have is I'd want it to carry on kind of the Starfarer's ability to have some type of refining capability um, to extend out and project out that that fleet. So if it had even the ability to do hydrogen scoop, you know, passively um, refine a little bit of fuel and then continue to fuel a fleet, yeah. I mean, the resupply to me is um, combat logistics, which is probably its own episode in itself at some point. Um, is it something that's very highly underrated? So yeah, I could easily. It surprises me that you would say that this would do all those things. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting maybe mm. a supply ship and then a fuel ship. So do you know who yeah. I would ask about this? Is Sia? See, I haven't talked to Sia in a little bit, but I, I might reach out to Sia and get his thoughts on this one because I think he would. He, he's really into the. Navy the guy. Yeah, but he's really into the combat logistics as well. I know he's the Navy guy. Yeah, he is. But but Sia is um, does a lot of. Um, a lot of the logistics stuff. He's really, really into that. So yeah, means we'll move on. War, so. Yeah. So very quickly, just what 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 a fleet gives you that nothing else on Earth gives you is the ability to influence your opponent's thinking without breaking any international law and without requiring any host nation support. So projection. you think, um, yeah, power projection. That's it. the The whole idea of this ship is. You and your org are very powerful in one sector. And then for whatever reason you want to influence people, the other side of the verse. By having a big tanker in like this with a fleet, you don't need stations to support you. You don't need planet to, to, to use planets necessarily. You can literally go from one end of the verse to the other without relying on anyone else for support and therefore something that could be taken away from you. And literally sit there with a whopping rate fleet and go, well, what's your move now? And the beauty, you know, that's what, that's why the, Na the, the Navy supported the British Empire in the way that it did. We could just pop a fleet, you know, the fleet would appear over the horizon and that was that. I had a much different visual in my head then when you were talking about influence. I was like uh, Monty Burns dressed I, I as Santa laughing. Claus, I tried chucking, to the, I just... chucking the lollies out to kids and influencing all the kids, but that's completely different. Got to put yeah, up sorry. with, honestly. All right, SA, Christmas candy. SA, you're number two, mate. Uh, it, so I don't know how this ship will exactly flesh out, but it's going to be needed in some form, which is your fire suppression slash... Um, emergency vessel, uh, something in a fleet that deals with um, emergencies on ships. Um, we have the the red, which is a SAR ship, um, but we're, we're, what I'm really talking about is the ability to, if a ship has a large mm. internal fire or needs to evacuate people or true has, they completely depressurize a true medical emergency, it's not focusing on the medical mm. so much, kind of like when you have a fire and your fire truck shows up, right? Mm. They can provide basic medical assistance they have the jaws of life. They have the ability to put out fires. And I don't know if this is going to be something that helps event hulls mm. or patches damage to hulls so that the ship can repressurize, but some type of emergency slash fire response um, mm. vessel. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to point to you to a guy. Now, this guy can't grow a beard for shit. I've heard that he's a bit of a cabri when it comes to drinking, but he's the first person I ever heard think of it, and he's sitting at me like, yeah, go for a badge. You, you tell him, because you're the first person I ever heard talk about a ship like this, so, so go ahead. Yeah, so um, every military ship will have the ability to try and patch itself up to an extent. Um, but again, you know, those uh, going back to the idea of the fleet support ship, just basic timber and everything that they use to try and patch those holes up, the clamps that go around pipes that carry fluid, um, fuel, water, whatever it is, are obviously of a finite amount on board. When you add the idea of spacing, I mean, at least on a warship, if it's sinking, you can go... I can step outside without my eyeballs being sucked out of my head. Um, so that's easy. You're going to need something that's going to be able to rapidly respond. And I know people in the comments will be, well, that's the RSI Apollo Medivac. Yes, for a Cutlass or, a, you know, maybe a Perseus, a Hammerhead. What that isn't is suitable to go and rescue the crew coming off of a Javelin or a, an Idris. Mm. So you're going to need something that's able to deal with that uh, that size of of ship and that amount of casualties. Um, so, so essentially, so yeah. it's it's like a, a space fire truck um, as sorts. And um, yeah, when we first talked about this, we we talked about it uh, resealing. Oh my damn camera keeps freezing. Uh, resealing airlocks and stuff like that. And you guys are terrible today. Um, resealing, resealing airlocks and stuff like that, and, and making it so it's like relivable and, and and kind of turning it around so yes. you can use it again. So yeah, um, yeah. It, from a medic's perspective, if you think of someone bleeding out, you, you're able to patch a wound and stitch it back together. But what's going on around you has to be quite stable for that to happen. We're talking about the person that comes across with the squeezy tube of basically synthetic skin who just goes yeah. and puts that into the into the gap and that's what this is doing is like literally we've got a bulkhead collapse right we're literally just going to pump stuff in as a temporary measure until it's safe enough to bring in the crucible to assist you and get some more permanent repairs in place we're going to keep you fighting the crucible is going to patch you back up and make you look all pretty again when the um when the raft first came out, we actually, and this is a conversation I had with you, X. So I, I remember we were trying to figure out the concept, what it was going to be. One of the mm -hmm. things was it's a raft. It's an emergency vehicle. It's going to be able to help, you know, may, maybe take that crew and bring them in and give them breathable air and, and atmosphere to be able to survive while they then yep. tow the ship back or do whatever. And to me, like that really got me thinking of like, <laughs> From a military aspect, it's almost crucial that you have certain vehicles. You know, the Vulcan is one of them. The Wrecker, like the SRV, is another one of them. We mm -hmm. don't have – we have the Drake Cutlass Red for SAR, but we know the UE doesn't use Drake. So there's this gigantic gap of, you know, what's going to basically do that first responding out in a fleet, but also in, in you know, what potentially would be doing that SAR role, the ability to actually assist those pilots. That um, and it's a big gap. I mean, that's a large – job in i mean it's you know right get the point right yeah mm. it's what uh this gentleman can go elaborate more on it's not a simple process it's so so when we were actually talking about the raft that's literally where we brought this up 
So, so, so that, that that's that's where that came. That that was one of the things that he brought up was could this raft actually be some kind of emergency response vehicle that operates at the ports? And you know, if there's if if, if it's under attack, like it can put out fires on the stations, it can put out mm-hmm. uh, by shooting foam, it can 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 it reseal and re um um put atmosphere back into a ship and stuff like that. So I, I, I saw all that, and I actually think there is room for a space fire truck, believe it or not, yes. um, yeah. if that's what you want the, to call the it. The whole idea of that, of course, is to, with our damage model, we're expecting ships to be damaged to the point where they can't assist themselves. Yep. So why isn't that ship fighting its own fires? Because it's now powerless. Yes. Why isn't it operating its own docking collars? Because it's now powerless. And what you need is a vessel with the ability to deal with damage with ongoing situations like fires, hull breaches, and the ability, hopefully, to take off a significant number of personnel. Mm. all without the power of any assistance from the vessel that it's, you know, even its ability to open its own docking collars. So basically the rescue sub from every film you've ever seen with a rescue sub in it, that ability to come on, (laughs) I don't need you to be able to open the the hatch, we can do it for you sort of thing. Uh, That level of rescue vehicle. So so I I can see this working with something like an Apollo quite extensively where the Apollo is the ambulance that rocks up. You have the fire truck that rocks up, but also you, when the, um, the, the firemen rock up, they also use the jaws of life to get people out of a crash car. So that, so if we use that crash car analogy and put it into a spaceship, that's what it's doing. Everything that a fire truck does at a crash car, it's, it's, it's putting the fire out. It's, in this case, resealing the vehicle um, so it's temporarily and livable so the emergency personnel can get in and get the person out if they need to. Um, And the jaws of life, instead of pulling the car apart, you're kind of putting it back together so you can at least get in and get the people out. So, yeah, I mean, and just to put a real-world spin on it, and apologies if this sets a downer on anything, but we've all seen Pearl Harbor. Um, and those scenes where the ships turn turtle in the harbour and they're desperately trying to get the people out, that was a problem with a number of ships in that situation and other situations in World War II where people were trapped inside and we lacked the necessary skills and equipment to get them out before those compartments flooded. Um, so there is, you know, all sorts of precedent, be it in the game and historical, to, to back this sort of thing up. Apologies for the for the sadness. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, SA. Oh, he's got sad face. Quick, SA, sad face. Yeah. <laughs> this is just becoming a mini game at this yeah. point. I don't know why it's, it's crashing more and more now. So my apologies. I, I just want to end it on too. We, we're talking about space. That same vehicle, that same functionality, could be uh, easily done with. Um, are usable in atmosphere as well. So if you have those, those, uh, you know, your your ports, whatever it's going to be, we have a lot of ships. You have the this not only is good in the context of being in in orbit or in space. You also have the ability to use it at let's say port, um, freaking area eighteen or something like that. So my my second one, and I think I'm going to go with this one as my second one is the medium torpedo ship. So if you look at a, a Gladiator, it currently fires size fives, and you go straight to a Retaliator, which is the next one above it, and we've got size nines. So that means there's at least, what, six, sevens, and eights missing. So there's clearly at least one more torpedo ship in that gap. Um, and what I visualise in my head is, a, is, is something akin to an Ares, but maybe a bit longer, 
um, and, and, and it fires torpedoes. And it's a two-person job. So one person is, is aiming and firing the torpedoes and, and, and maybe on a turret when they're not on the torpedoes um, and, and maybe also does dumb bombs as well. So they can, they can dump, look down and, and, and dump, drop dumb bombs and the other person can just concentrate on, on firing. What do you have to say about that, Badgers? Um, I am all in. If I get to sit in the pilot seat and say something on as a pilot to bombardier, pilot to bomb, I'm I'm happy to be sold. I'm, yeah. I'm in. <laughs> all right, essay. Your thoughts on um... this is a real simple one for me. So, like we we've talked about this previously. I I don't know what this ship is going to look like, um, but we know that there's a gap right now in torpedo slash dumb slash smart bombs, um, just for yep. capacity and the ability to drop them. So. Um, I'd personally prefer to see, um, you know, we, we have the Eclipse for your, 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 you know, slow and low, low signature. Um, we have the, you know, the Gladiator, we have the Retaliator, we have the A2. I think what we're really missing is that, like, air superiority saturation bomber. Um, yep. You know, to me, that's where the real hole is. But, yeah, I mean, there's definitely room there in that in that family for, for some missing sizes. There's a tons of missing sizes of torpedoes, so... You know, as as we've talked about previously, what carries those? What carries the bombs that we're missing? Badgers, um, is there anything you'd like to hear in the comments from people? And yeah, um, anything we missed, you know, and always happy to discuss it. Always happy to um, catch yeah. up and and chat with uh, these things through in the comments because we obviously had a few more options ourselves yeah. um, that we'll probably talk about at some point in the future. Um, so yeah. Just we might even we might even put in the comments below the ones that we had because we all had one more each. But um, yeah, and and there's obviously yeah, people are going to have much lots of suggestions as well. And we we had a few that um, for gameplay reasons they didn't fit. Um, and if you are if you are going to do this yourself, like if you are going to have suggestions you want to put in the comments, I highly suggest you run them past them a couple of other people because it's a really great uh, checker when you run it through another person's brain. So yeah, that. That it's just a good good, good idea. Um, yeah, also, I've started streaming. I've been having a lot of fun doing that recently, except for this goddamn camera that keeps dropping out all the time. It's really frustrating. Um, but, yeah, I've been doing that. I'm looking at doing a build-your-own-ship giveaway, so I'm going to be giving away a ship between $650 to $700, but you can... There's six chip, ships in that gap, and you'll be able to pick the one that you want. Uh, so stop by and uh, give me a bit of support, and you might win yourself that as well. Uh, SA, is there anything you would like to add before we log off, other than like, subscribe? If you really like what we do here, follow us on Patreon. Anything you'd like to say? That was say? awesome. Um, the, the one thing I'd like to see <laughs> in the comments is, um, uh, what are you most excited to do in gameplay that, that we don't currently have ships for? Or if there's a gap, if we're talking about ships that are missing, um, you know, there, there, there are people that I know that, that have not seen their gameplay loops that they want realized. So it's not just what Badger said, what ships are we missing? It's, mm. or what did we miss? But it's, you know, what gameplay loops are associated that you're most excited to do that are currently aren't in game? Mm. All right, that, thank you everyone. Sorry for the um, camera issues. I'll have them sorted for next time. Um, He's been Badgers, though you can't see me pointing. He's been SA, and I've been Execute, and we'll catch you in the next one. Happy New Year. Yeah, likewise. Oh, you're not talking to me. Right, okay. <laughs>